Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 11. So you mortal, I have made a sentinel for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked ones, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but their blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from their ways, and they do not turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now you, O mortal, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have said, Our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Here ends our lesson. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a recognition in both our first and gospel lessons for this week that people will refuse to do the right thing. When the way of repentance is made clear, some, if not many, will choose to persist in going down the wrong path. Our first lesson describes the prophet Ezekiel being commanded to stand as a sentinel of righteousness for the people as a whole, calling them with prophetic proclamations to return and follow the ways and laws of the Lord as given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Our gospel lesson describes individuals within the church, how they should be confronted in their wrongdoing, and what to do if a sinner among the saints refuses to repent. Ultimately, our lessons for this week are readings on repentance, always a cheery topic on a Sunday morning. As for Ezekiel, being called to be a sentinel for the people, one who would rebuke his own in the name of the Lord, I hope that we can understand how he might be reluctant to pick fights when the Lord wanted him to. There is a very human tendency to want to keep the peace, not rock the boat, and avoid conflict when possible. Thus, the Lord seems to be prophesying more to the prophet himself than the people he was meant to watch over when the Lord said, Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. But if you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but their blood I will require at your hand. The Lord was telling Ezekiel that he needed to resist the urge to remain silent and instead call the people out when they needed to be called out. The place and purpose of this passage in our Bible is to also instruct us, the readers, that there is a place for prophets among the people. Prophets are not just troublemakers, muckrakers, fake news, or something like that, but instead can be necessary voices to call us to account 
for evils, injustices, and iniquities. At the same time, if I am being honest, I've been kind of dreading talking about this passage all week, because it seems like there are far too many rebukes of repentance these days. Whether it be from those calling others too political or too apathetic, too cruel or too empathetic or woke, too misinformed or too out of touch, too lazy or too stupid, too religious or too faithless. There seems to be no end to the labels put on different groups in public life, with the idea that if this or that group would just change their ways, then all of our problems would be solved. They are the problem, not me, we assure ourselves. And when they change, all will be right with the world. There is no end to the calls for repentance in public life anymore. And there seems to be no limit to thinking that when somebody else changes, it will make things better for us and more pointedly for me. While there are necessary roles for prophets, calls for repentance, and attempts to resist evil in our own time, the noise that abounds in our public spaces seems to be a far cry anymore from what actually creates or inspires change. I spend more time on Facebook and other social media sites than I care to admit. Don't ask me to add up the hours. I must say, with all that time spent, dare I say wasted, I've almost never changed my mind because I read or watched a stranger's or friend's opinion on the internet. Having seen what others in our congregation and community share online, I suspect that there are many others in our community who are also entertained by the noise, but rarely changed by it. Public discourse across our country and across the world has broken down into proverbially giving everyone a loudspeaker who wants one, propelling us to feel like we just have to say something to the many problems we see in the world, while simultaneously stripping us of the audiences and communities who can actually listen, respond, and engage with the problems we encounter in our world. There is a weird paradox of technology and mass information that seems to be hurting us all by compelling us to add to the noise while simultaneously disabling us from the ability to do anything about it. Two things seem lost in a present moment compared with the prophetic work that Ezekiel was called to do as a sentinel of the people. First is that in Ezekiel's day, there was care and concern for the whole people as a collective. And secondly, there was trust that those calling for others to change had their best interests in mind. A major difference in the breakdowns of our present moment versus the Israelites in the Bible is that Ezekiel was speaking to a whole nation and people as a collective. This means that the work of the people to change their ways could be done more or less in connection to the whole. While no group is ever a monolith and 
100% conformity is never realized among imperfect people. There are some groups, nations, and generations that are able to work together to accomplish common goals and objectives. The Israelites in the Bible were in a decent enough position to change their ways together, though they ultimately failed at this end. So when Ezekiel is called to speak to them together, this expectation was realistic and reasonable. Same is not really true in the United States, at least these days. We are a very large nation with an incredibly diverse and widespread population. When someone claims to have a solution to all of our problems and takes on the prophetic position of one speaking to those who need to change for the benefit of the whole, their intentions should be called into question, as they likely know that they are really just preaching to the choir that already agrees with them. The aspect of Ezekiel's work that we should pay great attention to, though, is the fact that the prophetic calls to repentance he was commanded to proclaim were given to him with the best interest of the people in mind. Ezekiel was also commanded to prophesy. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? The Lord did not want the people to perpetuate evil. Just as importantly, the Lord did not and still does not want people to suffer for their sins. Change and repentance is the point, not the pain and suffering of it all. Mercy is God's endgame. And any hard calls for adversity and changing of ways that accompanies it all are in pursuit of betterment, not harm. Many today enjoy and benefit from the noise of pretending to be prophets calling for change, while really just reveling in the calamity of it all. There is great infotainment value in getting people plugged in and worked up about things we have no realistic place or power to change. Social media algorithms are designed around addiction science to get our brains preoccupied with our pages, feeds, and threads in a way that mirrors addictions to alcohol, opiates, and other substances. These companies profit off of keeping people craving the noise and perpetuating it, not in calming down, speaking and working together toward the good and making the world a better place. There is monetary value in exploiting the fear, anxiety, and attention of others by pretending to be like a prophet of the Old Testament, while in fact, just being a perpetrator of chaos, mental illness, polarization, suffering, the list goes on, with no real intention of leading people to change their ways for the better. As a preacher, I feel like it is my prophetic duty to say today that if you feel like the noise, anxiety, frustration, anger, cruelty, meanness, and so much more of what we hear floating around us in public life these days is too much. I agree with you. 
The noise of our world is not a solution. It is a problem. It is a problem that pretends like it is provoking change, while instead is just poking at us to keep us distracted. The pundits, provocateurs, and false prophets of our present moment do not wish for people to change, get along, build consensus, or work for a better future. They desire for us to be divided, despondent, depressed, and vengeful so that we can be more easily exploited. They are not the messengers, confidants, or friends that they pretend to be. And yes, I say the term they here very intentionally. Those who profit off discord and divide are not to be trusted when they say we need to get along and work for unity. On the other hand, The world's ways are not the Lord's ways. When God calls us to turn from any wickedness that is within us, it is for our benefit and not for our demise. God cares whether we live well, and God means to lead us beyond the brokenness, anxiety, and fear that abounds in our time and place. More than that, God's story for us is not one of retribution for the wretched, but forgiveness For the fallen. When our Creator looks at us, the Lord does not see sinfulness and spite. Instead, God sees the sinlessness of the Son, who loves perfectly and leads us to do the same. May the Lord's way of love and mercy be the way to which we turn, follow, and embody in the world. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor.